Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. This is a hard thing to read, isn't it? But this is God saying, you've rejected me, and I came to you over and over again with the truth and love. I sent my son to die for you, but you reject him constantly. You say you're a believer. You came down, you were baptized in water, but you never follow me. You're not really a believer. What he's trying to say is, I gave you chance after chance after chance after chance. You still reject me. There are a few people, especially those who are skeptics about the God of the Bible, who believe that God is cruel because they think that he sends people to hell who don't believe in him. That would be a reasonable conclusion if it were true. Pastor Mark will be teaching about God's final judgment on the earth, what kinds of things will happen at that time. You'll hear about the plagues and disasters as well as man's response to those events. You'll come to understand that God doesn't send people to hell. You'll be shown who sends people to hell and why they do. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he continues his message, The Unholy Trinity, The Tribulation, and God's Judgment. Now, number three, God sent Jesus to redeem the world back. Remember, under God's law, a family member could buy back a piece of property with a certain period of time if they could pay the redemption price. They could get the deed for that property. The price of redemption for the control of the earth was heavy. The price of redemption was Jesus Christ dying on the cross. That got us freedom. That perfect sacrifice brought our freedom from sin and delivered us from the control of Satan. Even though the world is still being controlled, we are not controlled anymore. We can say no to Satan. Now, First Peter says this, For you know that it was not perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. So here's a big question. If Jesus redeemed the world back to God, if it, if it is now under the control of God, why do we continue to see death and disasters? Because the title deed did come back. Jesus redeemed it back. But God is not put full control until after the tribulation. After the tribulation, 100% control goes back to God. Until then, we have this battle that you and I live in. Now, look at chapter 5, verse 2. Remember, John has this vision. And I saw a mighty angel 
proclaiming in a loud voice. Remember, that scroll is there, the title deed to the earth. Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? Verse 3, but no one in heaven and earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside of it. Here was John's reaction. He's worried. He's crying because it looks like no one is worthy to pay back the debt and open the scroll and take back the earth from Satan's control. Look at verse 3. I wept because there was no one found who was worthy to open the scroll and look inside and basically get back the control from Satan to God. Look at verse 5. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep, John. See the lion, Jesus, of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Now look at verse 6. Then I saw a lamb looking as if he had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. When John is there, he has no hope. And one of the elders basically says to him from heaven in this vision, don't be discouraged, John. Jesus is the only one that's worthy, and he's able to open the scroll. Do you know what? Hope is always found in the person of Jesus. Hope is always found in the person of Jesus. Now, verse 5 and 6 gives us a kind of a dichotomy picture of Jesus. Notice, he's both a lamb that offers salvation, but he's also a lion who judges people who continue to reject him. As a lion, Jesus judges those who reject him. As a lamb, he offers salvation the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. There's people in our campuses this morning watching online. You've never become a Christian. You, you will never earn your salvation. You can never be good enough. You can't purchase anything. Jesus has already purchased the sin in your life. He just paid for it. You come to him and your sin is gone. Far as east is from the west. And you become a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, if you refuse to do that, eventually you'll be judged for your sin because you can't get rid of it. The wages of sin is death, and you'll be separated from God forever. Now, look at verse 9. And they sang a new song with these words in heaven, the elders and the people there. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for God. Now watch this. From every tribe and language and people and nation. What does that mean? Jesus died for the whole world. We have people from everywhere. You speak all kinds of languages. Your color's different. Where you were born was different. Some of us are tall. Some of us are short. I don't know who that is, but some. Some of us are thin. Some of us are just not quite so thin. And we're from all kinds of places. You know why we love this church? Because this is the way heaven's going to look. You know why? Because we're all made in the image of God. It doesn't matter what color your skin is or what language you speak. Now notice he says, every tribe, every language, every people, every nation. God loves the whole world. Now, notice he says, this song says, you are worthy. Remember the song we sing? We ask a question. Is he worthy? 
worthy? Is he worthy? How do we respond? Yes, he is. Next time you sing that, understand where it came from. He's the only one worthy. There wasn't a second person to open the scroll. It was only Jesus. Now, verse 11. Watch what happens in heaven when he can open the scroll. What is he opening the scroll? What's it going to do? Redeem the earth from Satan. Look at verse 11. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousands times ten thousands. You know what that's equal to? Billions of people worshiping God in heaven. Wow. Can you imagine that? A billion people worshiping God and saying you're worthy? Can you imagine that? When you think about that, I have one thing to say. You'll never be late for that worship service. Yeah. Some of you say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm late because I can't really sing. That'll be taken care of too. You'll be able to sing. So you have no excuses in heaven. Amen. That's from your pastor. In love. Okay, now let's move on. Chapter 6. Turn right to the next chapter. Chapter 6, verse 1. Now we're going to see, and I'm not going to go through it in detail, you're going to see the scrolls open. And in a moment, you're going to see these seven uh, scrolls bringing truth out. Verse 1. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of seven seals. Remember, they opened one, then another, then another, and so forth. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, come. So Jesus breaks each seal and sets in motion. These seals are the judgment of God that's going to happen. Here we see a demonstration of God's righteous judgment on a world that's getting more evil every day. You know, if you go back 40 years, our world wasn't as evil as it is today. Do you think it's going to get better? No, it's going to get worse. And so what you see here, God in love, God is love. He hates to judge sin, but he's holy. And justice demands that he judges it, and he'll judge it. So the opening of the first seal brings the introduction of the Antichrist. He comes on a white horse. He has a crown on him. And it really means, if you read farther in the, in the verse, you read all of that, it means he's going to be in control He's going to be in control of the earth, like I just told you, for the next three and a half years. And it's going to be a disaster for him because he doesn't know there's a part of God's wrath coming on him. And he'll rule over men as the false Messiah and lead men into an organized religion against God. But that will stop. The Antichrist, when that seal opens, begins his conquest of the nations by peaceably taking control, but it's 100% deception. The people just don't know it. Now, the opening of the other six seals, I'm not going to go by them one by one, we don't have time, brings disasters and God's judgment to the whole world. Remember, as Christians, we're in heaven. We're not there. It's the whole world, unbelievers. Now, what does that look like? There'll be warfare and bloodshed. There'll be widespread famine. There'll be all kind of plagues that will come. Cosmic Terrestrial disturbances, including earthquakes, and look at this, and stars falling to the earth. And here's also what will happen. Many believers will be martyred 
for their faith because these people will go and just kill Christians. Remember the Jews that run Christians. Do not take people that come to Christ during that time, and they will. I'll explain more of that to you, how God has orchestrated that, because he still loves sinners. But he provides a way for them. But they won't take the mark of the beast on their hand or forehead. If you take the mark of the beast during the tribulation, then change your mind. Sorry. When you take it, you're done. Today, you know, we have people that have lots of tattoos and, or one or whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm not talking against that, so don't email. Pastor Mark's against tattoos. <laughs> Hush up and listen. You know what those people would like to do? Sometimes people take a tattoo and they go, that was stupid, or I didn't like that when they didn't write, and they get them removed. Painful, but they get them removed. You will never remove the mark of the beast. It will remain on you. So the minute you take that, I'm telling you because maybe you, as you'll have a discussion with friends or whatever. I can come to Christ anytime I want. No, you can't in the tribulation. By the way, you can't do it today. Holy Spirit has to speak to you to come to Christ. So we give an altar call every week knowing that people need to come to Christ. We have people pretty much basically every single week coming to Christ. But in that day, if you take it, you're done. There's no chance for you. Now, look at verse 8. And I looked up and saw a horse whose color was pale green. It's in the New Living I'm reading. Its rider was named Death. And his companion was the grave. Those two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and famine and disease and wild animals. During this time, at this particular time, with that seal open. 25% of the world's population will die at this point. Now, we have about 8 billion now. I don't know how many it will be. You know, a bunch already gone to heaven, so it wouldn't be that much. But who knows how much longer this will be. But a quarter of the people will die just at this part right here. Now, those who survive all of the six seals, all those things I told about famine and stars falling and so forth, look what they cry out. Revelation 6, 16, and 17. And these people, they cried in the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of the wrath has come, and who can stand? They're being persecuted. They're having all kinds of things, stuff that they've never seen. All kinds of people are dying on the right and the left. Can you imagine? Can you imagine two billion people dying around you? What the world's like? Plus the plagues, nothing to eat, starving to death. And so who do they cry out to? The mountain and the rocks. Why aren't they crying out to God? Because they're not interested in God. If you go to chapter 1 in Romans... It says, man gave up God and started calling to the pagans and the earth, help me. I want to tell you something. If you need help, don't cry to a rock. Cry to the rock of our salvation. His name is God. When you're praying, now you're not praying, oh, God, just take care of those spaghetti things, God. I don't know how that works, but you No, pray to God. He knows how to handle all of this. And so here they are. Notice, who can stand? 
They've never seen anything like this. They're panicked to the mile. You can't, there's no medicine that will give them peace. Zero. They're panicked. You would be panicked. I would be panicked. Now, the seventh seal introduces the seventh trumpet. And those will be more wrath. And the seventh trumpet introduces the seven bowls. Now, here are some of the other disasters that will happen during the Great Tribulation. So you can see how horrible this is. 125-pound hailstones. Remember a few months ago, we had little rocks of ice. Remember? Some of your cars got a little hole in it. 125 pound, what would your car be? Demolished. But if you're walking, you're dead. Notice what else? The sea and the rivers are turned into blood. What's the one thing that keeps us alive? Water. By the way, Jesus is the living water. But here is rivers turned into blood. And this one is a shocker to all of us. All the major cities of the earth are destroyed. We don't even know what that would look like. All the major cities of the earth are destroyed. Here's a big one. And an army of demons torment men and women for five months. And they cry out to die. We can't stand anymore. But they cannot die. This is a hard thing to read, isn't it? But this is God saying, you've rejected me, and I came to you over and over again with the truth and love. I sent my son to die for you, but you reject him constantly. You say you're a believer. You came down, you were baptized in water, but you never follow me. You're not really a believer. What he's trying to say is, I gave you chance after chance after chance after chance. You still reject me. We'll see later. Some of those people go to this. God, we can't stand you. Well, that's what he's been used to all along. You see, when you don't serve God, you serve you. We just go do our own thing. That's not how we were designed. Now, many more people will die from the trumpet and the bold judgments. Later in Revelation, we're told, Already one quarter of the people are gone. One quarter. Let's just say two billion is probably less than that. They're gone. And later, as we'll look, and I'll just mention it to you, one half of the remaining population will die. Let me just show you what that looks like. About two-thirds of the Earth's population will be destroyed during the tribulation the last three and a half years. Two-thirds of the world's population. Now, when they're destroyed, they're unbelievers. Where do they go? Hell. All the people will go unless they accept Christ. And we'll talk about that. I know there's a question coming to your mind right now. Pastor Mark, is there any good news during the Great Tribulation? Yes. And I will cover that good news. You need to understand that God is still graceful during the Tribulation if people will turn to him. Now, Revelation tells us that many people will be saved, but here's the problem. Most of them will be martyred for Christ. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. 
If you can't be bold enough to say, I need to be saved, I need my sins to be forgiven. If you can't do that now in a place where we love you, God loves you like crazy, Jesus died for you, you'll never do it in the tribulation. That's the next thing that will happen to you. So that's why the Bible says today is there. You know what? I love to teach the word of God because it's filled with truth and it's filled with hope. We'll see hope in people and you'll see how all the elements come together. Angels are part of it. 144,000 Jews will become believers and be evangelists all over our world. That's amazing. Two prophets will come. All kind of things will happen with them. You see, we consider the world evil. We live in it. But how wonderful to have the joy and peace by focusing on the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Even if there is a crazy storm out here, it's not God bringing it. It's crazy Satan trying to kill, destroy people. But you know what? God can overrule it. That's why we continue to pray. God, just take it out. Pray for the people in the Bahamas and all the other people. It just doesn't happen here. You see lots of hurricanes and things all over the world, and you see people that have no way. They have nothing. They don't have sandbags to do anything. Those people are just horribly affected by this, but God loves us. Now, many of you, I'm sure because you're wise people, you're ready for this hurricane. You've done everything you can do manually. Continue to pray, though. Remember? Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Just continue to pray. Make it specific. God, just take it out. You know, we'll ask God to do that. So thank you for being ready. It's a wise thing, putting things up, getting gas, getting food, all those kind of things. You know, when I got back, I, I bet we're late on Friday. Guys from the church came and helped me put up our crazy shingles. I can't lift all those things or whatever, and they came helping. And then I get up at 6 to go shopping in the morning because I figured, well, is there anything left on the place? I'm going to go shopping. And I ran into a bunch of people from Israel. They're there shopping because we're all the same. We have nothing in the refrigerator. <laughs> and... I just love that as I went there. And I'm prepared. But I have to say to you, some of you are not prepared to go to heaven. The only way to get prepared are two verses. Here's how to be ready to live forever in heaven. Jesus answered on the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father. No one goes to heaven except what? Through me. Some of you still believe. Well, Pastor Mark, I was a young, young person. I got... I came to the altar, and I, I was water baptized, and I'm just doing my thing now. I'm in church once in a while, maybe a few times a year, Christmas, Easter, whatever. Good, fine. But you never really became a believer. Because a believer changes to become like Jesus. And you begin to share and witness, and you have to have fruit. Some of you also believe, I'm a good person. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad. There's lots of good people. Good people don't go to heaven. Only forgiven people go to heaven. See, you're deceived. You think by going to church, when we were baptizing people in Israel, it was a miracle. We had people join us that weren't part of us, and they wanted to be baptized. And I got to talk, and others got to talk to them, how to become a real Christian. Because they'd say, well, I'm this, and that church saves me. I want to say to you this morning, no church can save you. Only Jesus can save you. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. 
During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building, it's the people who, despite whatever obstacles are in their way, still worship Jesus and praise His name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com forward slash live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we are constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. Would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your 